I always go back to know your numbers. Never go into a year without having a spending plan so that you can guide and adjust as things happen. That will help your stress huge. It's You can truly design the life you love if you allow yourself to design the life you love with a spending plan process. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with money coach, Michael Ann Valterra. In today's episode, you will learn how to design the life you love with understanding and proper planning of your finances. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live training events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Speak to me or one of our community members to learn more. You can schedule a quick conversation at smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. Now let's welcome Michael Ann Valterra. Michael Ann is an author, keynote speaker, and money coach who helps women transform their relationship with money to create a life they love. For over 20 years, she has been a thought leader in the field of financial psychology. Her strong background in emotional intelligence paired with her practical money strategies enable her clients to consciously design their life while escaping financial stress and anxiety. When she's not working with clients, you can find Michael Ann on the dance floor, indulging her love of Argentine tango. Michael Ann, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thank you for having me. Hi from Seattle. Hi, back from New York. How did you become a money coach? How did I? Well, you know, it's interesting. My undergrad degree was actually in economics, but by the time I took time off and wandered the world like Kane, as so many of us do, and I went back to grad school, I actually got a master's in psychology and transpersonal psychology. So after grad school, I thought, oh my gosh, how do I combine this love of psychology, but also love of, of money and, and finance and studying all sorts of things around money. And I met a money coach by the name of Karen McCall, really the pioneer in our field. And I mean, David, I'd never heard of money coaching. I just, to be honest, never heard of it. I had thought either I had to be a financial planner and go the investment route or I debated becoming a psychotherapist and, and just working with people on the emotional side. So it was encountering her that this like huge, it was literally a bolt of lightning. I thought, ah, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be a money coach. And that was 25 years ago. So I did post-grad school training to add to everything. And I launched a private practice at the time I was in San Francisco and then I moved my money coaching practice up to the Seattle area. But, you know, like most coaches, I have clients all over the world. So that's the beginning of it. What is a money coach? Oh, that small question. What is a money coach? <laughs> yes. 
Well, so, you know, it used to be that people in, when they were struggling with money, either they would work with a financial planner around, you know, usually the investing side, or sometimes a credit counselor if they were struggling with debt. The reality is most people deal with both issues. You know, they want to grow their net worth. They also get frustrated with credit cards and things like that. But neither of those fields is uh, very good at dealing with the emotional side of money. So money coaches work with people on both the practical and the emotional side of money. And we start with teaching people how to manage their cash flow. We start with how to manage, you know, let's look at designing what I call a nourishing spending plan so that you can start looking at how much money you, you want to make and where your money is going and you know, all that good stuff. So money coaches are in some ways, David, super, super practical because a lot of people who call me, whether they're, they're business owners or not, you know, the number one thing I hear is they're just tired of not feeling in control of their personal finances. So that's where money coaching starts. Money coaching starts with helping people feel in control of their money, not be stressed, not feel anxious. And then once we start feeling really in control, then yeah, we absolutely go into the emotional side of money. And, you know, that's, as you and I know, um, that's where it gets really interesting. Mm -hmm. Why do you think so many people don't feel in control of their personal finances? That is the million dollar question. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons. I think part of it is most people are not taught about money growing up. I mean, just pure and simple. So many people are in households where, Money is just not talked about. And, and actually, unfortunately, a lot of people grew up with hearing their parents fight about money. So who on earth wants to grow up and learn how to, how to handle it emotionally? There's just a lot of stress connections to it. So that's a piece of it. I do also think that nowadays, it's like I feel like we're in the wild west of finance. There are so many ways to look at money. There's so many apps nowadays. There's so many different types of banking nowadays. So people's stress and frustration around money has actually increased, not decreased, because there are so many, you know, different types of accounts, for example. So there's a lot of reasons. A piece of it, though, is that most people are not taught about money. And, and I would say, and I know you, you know this, that even all the way through college, personal finance is not taught. So here we are as adults, Supposedly, we're supposed to understand this really important piece of life. And so many adults feel like the secret shame, like they think everyone else must know how to handle their money and they're the only ones that don't. But the, but the truth is, most people are pretty frustrated. Yeah. So what are some of the common things that you hear when it comes to the emotional side of money? Emotionally, the, the biggest thing I hear is, is stress and anxiety. I think that a lot of people are so used to feeling anxiety around money that it's almost become, or actually it is often free-floating anxiety. It's just always there, right? And when you're a small business owner or people that are in the private practice or you know micro-entrepreneurs, it's even more stressful because it's not only on the personal side of their life, now it's on the, um, the business side. I think emotionally, the other piece that comes up for a lot of people is you know, the vast majority of adults are in some type of relationship, whether it's with their business partner or with their romantic partner. And the notion of a money personality, you know, I suspect most of your listeners have heard the term, but you know, the reality is we all have a different 
money personality. And so most of us are partnered up with people that don't feel the same way that we do around money, that we have different backgrounds than our life partners around money. So the ability to talk about and communicate clearly and cleanly around money is actually pretty rare. And so that that adds to the, the stress and the anxiety. So I'd like to talk a little bit about what happens to consultants and coaches, particularly when they're in transition from a long history of employment. So if they start their career in corporate work, several decades or more in corporate, and they either leave voluntarily or they get pushed out and they would rather have more control over their destiny, over their, over their career. And so they become a consultant or coach. And in that transition, they're going from a place where they, um, particularly if they've been in, in the working world for some time and they're mid to high level in their organization, they go from a place where they have a full calendar, overflowing inbox, people always need their support. They have a built-in social structure. They go out on their own. Suddenly they have an empty calendar, empty inbox. They're spending a lot of time alone. We know what happens when people spend too much time alone. It's not good for the, what happens between our two ears. And then they have to get up and market and sell something they've never had to sell before, namely themselves. And what are your thoughts about how they can get their business up and running as quickly as possible, gain traction, and more specifically, how they can get paid what they're worth? Oh, big, big questions. Yeah, I love this subject. I, I've worked with so many clients over the years, very similar. They're just leaving corporate and they are starting, for example, a private practice of some sort, exactly like what you just said. I think, I think the dilemma is most people that go into private practice are simply not trained around money. And so if you have someone that has always been somewhat stressed and a little hands-off around personal finance, right? And now on top of personal finance, because your personal finance doesn't go away. And now on top of that, you're running your small business. It can be very, very stressful. And I think that one of the big mistakes is a lot of times people will abdicate too much control to, for example, they'll just go out and hire a bookkeeper or an accountant. They'll hope that someone kind of handles their small new businesses, finances for them. And, you know, what I think is actually the most important is to start back on the personal side and say, let's start looking at how much money you need to earn. Let's do a personal annual spending plan. You know, I hate the word budget, David, but it doesn't hurt everyone's ears. A lot of people don't like it though, because it's like, sounds like a diet, right? But I would still advocate that we start on the personal side and say, okay, how much money do you need to bring in for your family to, to feel okay? Because a lot of new business owners truly don't know how much money they need to earn. They really don't know what that number is. And then on the business side, again, I'm a huge advocate of looking at cash flow as opposed to only about P&L. Because cash flow is about, let's look at your small business. Let's look at all the expenses that your small business has, but your most important expense is paying yourself, right? And that so often gets lost. It should be, this should be the top line of your cash flow plan of how much money do you really need to bring in, right? And from there, we're building out revenue streams. So I really love 
working with small business owners and, and looking at their business spending plan, because, you know, ultimately it's actually pretty creative and exciting to look at a business spending plan and start framing out how to make this new business pay you what you're worth. But the number one thing around earning what you're worth is needing to know how much money you need to earn in the first place. If you discover that you need to earn more than you are, what are some of the things you can do to change your business so that you're paying yourself what you should be getting paid? I usually, the first place we go is we look at fees and look at if we can raise the fees. So many new business owners undercharge because they assume, and, 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 you know, this affects, I will say women more so than men, but there's plenty of men that are undercharging as well. They assume that because they're new in business, they need to be charging less than their competitors. And it's just simply not true. And it really does go into some mindset pieces as well. But what people value is results. So it doesn't matter if you've been a consultant for three weeks or 10 years, if you can help people, that is worth a lot of money. So yes, I do think that we should be looking at, you know, let's research what the competitors are charging. Absolutely. I will say, David, that it's interesting. A lot of new business owners actually haven't done enough research on what their competitors are charging. They're kind of guessing what they can charge. And that's one of the reasons why they often are charging too low because we're guessing on this, like, what am I worth? You know, we so often don't feel like we are ready to charge enough. We're waiting until we have a a perfect website or we're waiting until we have enough training or we're waiting until we have another client testimonial, you know, so a piece of it is stop waiting if you feel like you are delivering some results for your clients, then my vote is that you increase your fees right now at least 10%, right? I mean, if people say, just give me a number, Michael Ann, I'll say, let's increase in 10%. But you know, when you start diving into it more, it is comforting to look at what the competitors are charging because you're going to find it's all over the place. So you're really needing to make a case to yourself why you can charge at the top of what you find. And so you're right, it does go into um, a lot of feelings of basically how we feel, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about our business. But under earning is the pattern of earning less money than you need. And you wanna come out of the gate as a new business owner, charging higher than you may realize because all of your future raises that you give to yourself are often based on what you've been charging. New clients may not know any of this, but in terms of our own personal psychology around pricing, you know, we tend to raise our fees based on what our fees are, right? So I really want people to come in as as high as we can get them because from there, you know, they'll keep raising them. Michael Ann, how can you find out what your competitors charge? A lot of different ways. So some people will list their fees on websites, some, and there's, there's a lot of advice around you know, not listing fees because you want to be able to have that sales conversation and make the offer, you know, all sorts of things like that. But honestly, David, I think the best way to research it is really through networking and really starting to connect with other business owners, whether it is with a peer-to-peer, you know, advisory group, business coaching, a lot of coffees, a lot of networking dinners, a lot of Zoom calls. But 
I think this may sound odd, but our prices are not secret. If you talk to another business owner privately one-on-one, they will share with you what their fee structure is, right? So it's common courtesy to not ask a business owner what they charge in front of a group of other people. This is personal information that we want to really build out of a relationship with other business owners as we network. But it really, really is best done through networking and relationship building to to have these money conversations. That makes a lot of sense. What are some examples you've seen where business owners suddenly start making significantly more money when they start doing this kind of competitive research? Well, I think the biggest thing is that when they start looking at the research so often, they find that they they were undercharging, you know, and, and the, the research is interesting just to say a little bit about gender stuff. Women on average are undercharging about 20 to 30 percent under similar men doing very similar things with the same time frame. And, you know, I think a lot of us have heard this. So it it's so helpful to just see what other people are charging because, I mean, this sounds simple, but the biggest thing is once you see this, your next new client doesn't know your whole history of pricing and charging, nor do they care, right? They're here to get your help. So the the biggest thing is the next client that you bring in, you simply charge a lot more money. And I know that sounds simplistic, but I mean, this is really what it is. You don't need to wait to slowly bring your, your fees up, particularly when you have larger contracts and you only have maybe a handful a year. You know, the next client that comes in, you should charge significantly more. You can raise fees on current clients. I will also say that, David. I sometimes think some people, particularly if they identify with being in the helping professions, there's some secret blood oath they signed in, you know, invisible ink that says they will never increase their fees with clients once they start with them. And it's just silly because, I mean, if nothing else, you have to increase your fees at a minimum of 5% a year just to not fall behind with inflation. That's not increasing. That's not looking at the fact that you're getting better and better at what you do and getting better and better results, right? That's just simply to keep from falling behind. So there's a lot of ways to start making significantly, significantly more money. Michael Ann, how can you help your business become financially sustainable over the long term? Especially when you're doing, when you're in your mind, you're comparing it to what used to happen when you had a paycheck. It, you know, it's so different being self-employed, isn't it? It is so different. I find that what gives me the most peace and my clients the most peace is to really work with that business spending plan that I talked about in the beginning and the personal spending plan. Because, you know, every year I know how much money I need to earn. And every year I create a business plan that that frames that out. And that's ultimately what leads me into giving me the energy to continue marketing. Because I think a lot of times sustained marketing when new business owners walk around and they say, oh my God, I need to make more money. Oh my God, I need to make more money. That's not a very helpful statement. I just need to make more money. The question is how much more, you know, give the universe something very, very, very specific. So in terms of sustainability, that is continued 
marketing that is not constantly changing the horse in midstream. You know, if you have an offering that is working, not changing your offer every year, every year, every year. That's not to say that we don't refine and add to our business. But, you know, even though we wish it wasn't true, it does take a while for people to know what we're doing and who we are. And so it's that sustained visibility, famously called drip marketing, can sound like water torture, you know, Chinese water torture, that really helps things become sustainable. Your newsletter is going out regularly. You know, you're all the different ways that you're going out is going out regularly. But again, as a money coach, I always go back to know your numbers, never go into a year without having a spending plan so that you can guide and adjust as things happen. That will help your stress huge. It's you can truly design the life you love if you allow yourself to design the life you love with a spending plan process. Well said. Michael Ann, we've talked a little bit about how interaction with colleagues can be super helpful. Um, I wonder if you could share a little bit about your own experience being part of communities. I love being part of peer advisory business coaching groups. I've been part of coaching groups for, for years. Um, I was part of Vistage International for years. Hiring, I was part of a small group of business owners and we hired our own private business coach to manage us as, as our, as we said, because, you know, you get a small group of business owners together and, oh my gosh, we do need to be managed. And it was fabulous. It, It was, I mean, nobody else in my life really understood the issues that I was having. You know, most of my friends are salaried. And so the whole fact that I'm self-employed is a little bit of a mystery to them. So when you are self-employed, you really need to be around other business owners to, to share, to problem solve together, to commiserate together, and ideally have a leader that <laughs> keeps you going, right? Keeps you learning, keeps you going. Some of my closest friends have come from those those business coaching groups because we've, we've been through the fire together. And when we have huge successes, they're the people I call and, and share with. So I'm, in my opinion, that's, that's a game changer to business success. What are some of the, um, the characteristics that make a community work really well? I think, um, let me think about that. That's a good question. I personally enjoyed a gender balanced group. My, some of my favorite groups had men and women business owners together because they, they both brought sometimes different um, perspectives. I think it also helped to have a variety of different businesses in there so that, again, it's perspective. You know, if every single person in your business group is a psychotherapist, sometimes you miss a perspective that someone who's running an accounting business might have for you, right? It helps it's interesting with, with the revenue to a degree, it is helpful if we're all within, I'll just use an example, you know, let's say gross revenue of a hundred thousand to 500,000. If you get too completely disparate and wildly different, if you've got business owners, for example, that have, you know, 50 employees in small groups with people that have one employee, you can't get hard to meet all the needs of the members of the group. So you know, again, that's why having a business coach 
leading the group is so helpful because it's 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 matchmaking at its finest, right? Really trying to meld a group so that people can they can be heard and and also there's plenty for them to offer the group because the, you know the magic of business coaching is when I would present a, an issue a problem I was having to the group. I didn't know the answer. I didn't know how the group would help me mastermind it because really we're talking about different forms of masterminding and it's magic. It's magic. You know, when you've got a group of, of smart, caring business people that are really looking out for each other, it is amazing how helpful it is. What's an example of a win you've achieved because of your connection to a community? I was processing an issue one time where I, I was teaching a a digital course that wasn't selling well, and I was fixated on why the digital course wasn't selling well and the mistakes I made. And as this small group was processing with me, this business failure, as I was queuing it up as one of the things that the group really helped me understand, it's like, I, how can I say this? It's like, I missed the forest for the trees. It, It wasn't that the digital course launch was a failure, although the truth is it was, but the bigger truth was. I was too off topic. My gift is working with women in this particular way around money. And I was so far outside my lane and it was stretching my resources too thin. And I was, you know, just, it was too far out of what made me happy in my business. So the conversation that I ended up having with this business group ended up really bringing me back to my center and looking at what really makes me happy and where is the money historically and, and where do I want to go with my business? And I think I'd gotten caught up with kind of a lot of bright, shiny candy. You know, everyone's teaching digital courses nowadays. So I had to try my hand at some new topic. It was such a great reset from people that truly loved me, but also kind of took me to task. Like, why are you so off topic? Come back to your core. Right. And I, I don't know how I would have got something like that from something that wasn't such a, a confidential business owners group. Michael Ann, what's your definition of community? People that all have each other's best. We all want the best for each other. We all want the best for each other, plain and simple. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about the money coaching side that you want to share before we close out? Yeah, thank you for that. No, I think. I think we hit it all. I mean, you know, I love working with with professional women and you'll probably put it in your show notes. I would just encourage women to book a free discovery call with me and we will figure out the number one thing that is keeping you from feeling in control of your finances. And I, I love doing those calls, David. I love helping people figure out what is the one thing that's keeping them from feeling in control of their money. So that's the only thing I would throw in. Okay. Michael, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed, access resources you have or learn more about you, get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? SeattleMoneyCoach.com. SeattleMoneyCoach.com. That's where they can go to book that discovery call if they want to talk with me for a little bit. Great. Michael Ann, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights and experiences. My guest has been money coach Michael Ann Volterra. Thank you, Michael Ann, for joining us. Thank you, David, so much. Loved it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Michael Ann Volterra, 
we learned how to design the life you love with understanding and proper planning of your finances. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands. Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.